Kanye West might be a billionaire, but he certainly isn't living like one inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. New details about Kanye's stadium digs will salute Eric Church, the chief, this episode and conversations about Simone Biles and the Olympics continuing in Tokyo. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to My Second Act. I'm Preston Thompson. Caddy calls me PT. I am the producer of the My Second Act podcast, a failed music major from the University of Alabama and the show's resident millennial. Okay, I have questions already about Preston. Can we get a little more tempo? Like a little <laughs> yeah, more, uh, I mean, more like, enthusiasm he didn't there, Preston? Seem, he didn't seem excited. And Seriously. How are you? You a f- finally get your Plinko. And I know. You, you don't sound how excited. Do you, how do you energy. become a failed music major? Did you switch majors? Well, you don't so much become it so much as it happens to you. Oh, I okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, I, I went to school for music and saw a bunch of people graduate that were more talented than I am fail to get jobs. And I got scared and gave up. It wasn't it wasn't a real like passion, so I wouldn't call it giving up. More just switching into something. More what do you, do you play instruments or something? I went on a vocal performance scholarship, uh, and I, I also no played idea. piano, trumpet, French horn, and like five other instruments. Well, there you have it, Donna. Okay, seriously, it's just like it took us mm-hmm. forever to peel back the onion on Carl, and now we've got <laughs> like this situation. Years, and now we've got Preston. Okay, there's more questions that will come later. We're excited that you're here. What was your, you. What did you ultimately major in? I switched to communications, political okay. science. Like a total left turn. Yeah. Okay. And you, but you're using that, political science and communication. Sure. Okay, well, my name's Don and I'm Caddy's wife. I do not like people that yell. And I've had this thing, like, last night, it's like instead of asking me normal questions, you're like, what are you saying? I don't sound like that, first of all. Well, I have to. I don't want to yell at people as they're in their cars driving because they'll run off we the road. We were in the bed watching the Olympics. And that sounds the fan, exciting, doesn't the, it? The fan was on. I, I sleep with like three fans on. And I couldn't hear you because the roar of the fan was drowning you out. Plus, you were you were rolled over, so you were projecting into the bathroom and not into my right ear. I wasn't really talking to you. I was kind of talking to myself. And you're like, what? Okay. Yeah? And then you like, keep yelling. Like. And then the kid's favorite thing that you do is... What is this? It's going to be good. Yeah. Is when you yell for me. like Donna. But, but it could be... Anywhere. Let me explain this. It could be that... Uh, let's see. You need me... Like, you need to know where your charger is for your phone... Or it could be that we have a leak in the front yard. It's always the same yell. Urgency. It's, it's, it's not yelling, it's urgency. Yeah, but the kids are like, he doesn't even try to figure it out first. He just yells for you. Donna. Like, I'm the keeper in of the In the grocery keys. store, Target, at Seriously, home. Seriously, I'll hear you three aisles over, and I'm like, here he comes. Here he comes. Before we go any further, there is a heat wave that is going on in Atlanta right now. That's where we are, by the way. The My Second Act podcast at the... Appen Podcast Network. We're 30 miles directly north, downtown Atlanta, in Alpharetta, Georgia. So I stop on the way here to get some gas. All right, at the little Chevron. We're always getting my gas up here on the corner. And their pumps are so old that that little, uh, the clicker thing is worn oh, out. Oh, I don't like that. I'm still on empty. I stopped to get gas. Yeah. I put $3.23 in because you know, I was I'm so moving hot. On. I'm it moving was on. too hot. And the clicker thing wouldn't, wouldn't hold. I know, that makes me mad. I don't like to stand there with that pumper thing. And then have you ever, like, we're so impatient, like when you put it in, if it doesn't start going right away and you're like, click, 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 and you're like, what's going on? And because it's convenient to where we come to record the podcast twice a week, I, that's where I get my gas. I haven't pumped a full tank of gas in three months, probably. I get like $7 here. Today, no kidding, it was like $3 and some change. I'd had it. I didn't want to deal with it. I was being impatient. I was going to be running behind. And it was just damn hot. I mean, it was, it's just, it, it's hot. Do you remember during the pandemic when you could only, or like, or whenever that, not even the pandemic, when the gas thingy, the, the gas shortage. The colonial pipeline thing? Yes, the colonial pipeline. And you could only get cash. 
It had been like 30 years since I'd paid cash for gas. So I didn't remember what to say. Like when you go in, I'm like, I need $10. And like, okay, lady, what pump are you on? I'm like, uh, okay, hang on. So I had to go back out and get my pump. Yeah. And then I'm like, I remember how to do this. It's like, I want 10 on 10. Mm. You remember that? I mm-hmm. do. I, as an adult, I do that. 10 on 2. Absolutely. Yeah. Cash is king. Yeah. All right. An update to the Kanye conversation from the last episode. We can now confirm that Kanye West is indeed living inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. He posted photographs on his social media in the past 24 hours. His bedroom is somewhere inside the stadium. I do not think, from looking at the photograph, it's in the visitor's locker room like it was originally speculated. I think it's just in a bathroom somewhere. Uh, in, in the photo, you see a bed with, uh, it's kind of like on Teen Mom on MTV. They never have they, headboards. They never have headboards and no. frames. It's just but they'll a drop a Mercedes G-Wagon. By God, they will. But they don't have a bed frame. Yeah. You see his bed. Uh, some clothes, workout equipment, and a TV. Got a couple of pairs of shoes, a bottle of water next to the bed, and uh, a suitcase is on the floor. So it seems that Kanye is living out of a suitcase inside the bowels of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Does this story not just get weirder? I mean, seriously. He's living like a prisoner. When he could be down the street at like the beautiful the Four Seasons or something. I just don't get it. I mean, I wonder if it's part of his writing process that he like has to be, you know, like, it's almost like a bare bones situation, not to be distracted, like with a mini bar. Or, I don't even know. It's weird. Yeah. Had he called, I could have certainly set him up with a room at home to suites by Hilton, Hampton Inn by Hilton or town place suites by Marriott, all Paramount hotel group properties. Seriously. No problem. Kanye text your brother, reach out. He does have a chef who is preparing his meals inside the stadium. Okay, what's that guy doing? Is he doing chicken fingers, nachos? I don't think he's doing that. Like, is he going out, getting supplies, getting his menus? What? Who's paying him? What Here is we his go rate? Again. Here we go again. People called me. They I bet Kanye pays at 90, and maybe not even 90 days, you know? Like he waits for his invoice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. well, and then he doesn't pay for 90 days or 120. And they have to tickle him for his invoice. Yep. So many people reached out to me and said that we covered most of their questions, but they all had the same questions about everything everything and had a lot of people reach out that agreed with Preston that there is potential that we have not seen the real Kanye West in a very long time. This is like joining Elvis levels conspiracy. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what? If anybody could pull it off, it'd it'd be be Kanye. Yeah, it'd be him. Simone Biles is a 24 year old gymnast. She has four Olympic gold medals, 19 world championship titles to her name. Simone Biles was representing Team USA in Tokyo at the Olympics. The most decorated gymnast in history. She had a shaky start to the Olympics and then had a sudden exit from the team event. Now she has withdrawn from everything in Tokyo. Originally, it was uh, one, 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 what do they call them, events, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we learned overnight tonight that, uh, or overnight last night, that uh, she has um, withdrawn. From everything. I um, I commend her. I stand up. Like, if I could stand up right now and clap for her, then, you know, I would. Um, a couple of things. We've talked about Naomi Osaka on another um, a previous podcast, and I, I believe, and I, and we've talked to, we talked a lot about this with our 15 year old last night because she's very into the Olympics, especially tennis and gymnastics. Couple things. 
um, all sports at that level have a tremendous amount of pressure. Gymnastics has an enormous amount of pressure. And what this woman has been through, uh, what this team has been through, you know, and I'm not talking, she had a, you know, she had a, she's had a very difficult life, but I don't necessarily think that that, I mean, that certainly contributes to anxiety and, and things like that. But that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking what about what this Olympic team or this gymnastics team went through with, um, you, you know, with the the problems that they had with the team doctor and the fact that she stood up and what it must take to continue to represent your country when and your team, and I don't want to say your country because I think we all support her, but her team when the when the Gymnastics Federation did not support them until they came out with the allegations and they were their hand was forced. You know, I have said all along, I've always, um, you know, my sister did gymnastics from a very young age, but I've always thought it was so strange the way the parents send the kids to, you know, it used to be Bella Caroli and his wife. And I just think that there is, there's a, there's an underbelly to sports in all sports. And some of it's good and some of it's bad. We've talked about before on a previous podcast, Lance Armstrong and the, and the doping industry. Michael Phelps said he had tremendous anxiety and she went into these Olympics with all of the attention on her. You know, she was almost the poster child for whether, you know, the U.S. was going to succeed or fail in the Olympics. And does the timing stink in some people's mind? Maybe. But you know what? Mental health doesn't decide when it's going to be a problem and when it's not. And I think for me, the lesson with this that I can share with Charlotte and, and, and myself is that you can have every seemingly everything, you know, and it doesn't matter because your mental health should be a priority above everything. And I think in this country, there is a there's a new day with mental health. People talk about it. We talk about it a lot on the podcast. It's okay to not be okay. And she's no different than the rest of us coming out of the pandemic and things that have happened in her life. And I think to come to this country, have the spotlight on you, and also, gymnastics is a very dangerous sport. I mean, it looks so easy to us to flip yourself through the air. But if you're not at the top of your game, I heard people making fun of her because she said she didn't get a good nap. What's wrong with that? These are athletes at the highest level who have to take care of, of their mental and their physical being, unlike any of the rest of us. And I just, I applaud her. And I applaud her for all the little girls and little boys and adults who are sitting around and have said, you know what, I'm having a really shitty day, but if I don't go to work, my boss is going to fire me. You have to put your mental health above everything. And at the highest level, this woman did this on a world stage in front of all of us. And, you know, none of us know what these girls went through um, with everything that happened and the courage that it took for her to stand up. And again, you know, it, most people would be like, I'm never doing gymnastics again. To hell with this. But she didn't say that. And for the people who say, well, did she not know before? She took a slot. She, she competed. She competed. And her teammates rallied around her. And it is not for us to sit and judge. It's just not. We're not winning the medals. This team is. She is. And she has said that she went to the Olympics to prove to herself, not necessarily to win a medal, but to prove to herself that she was bigger 
than what had happened and that, that you know, the, the sport wasn't going to control her and her feelings. So I applaud her. Um, I know it's led to great discussions with my, our 15 year old and just about anxiety and how sometimes getting the bigger house, the better job, the prettier boy, you know, girlfriend, the better looking boyfriend, it doesn't mean that your mental health is just going to, you know, clear up and everything's going to be great. There is no pill. There is no no, quick fix. No, there's not. What's your feeling? I want to play a one minute clip from Simone. This is, um, this is, uh, she, she addressed the media after she pulled out of the women's gymnastics team final earlier this week. So this is uh, prior to her withdrawing entirely from the Tokyo Olympics. No injury, thankfully. And that's why I took a step back because I didn't want to do something silly out there and get injured. So I thought it was best if these girls took over and did the rest of the job, which they absolutely did. They're Olympic silver medalists now, and they should be really proud of themselves for how well they did last minute having to go in. Um, And it's been really stressful, this Olympic Games, I think, just as a whole, um, not having an audience. There are a lot of different variables going into it. It's been a long week. It's been a long Olympic process. It's been a long year. Um, So just a lot of different variables. And I think we're just a little bit too stressed out. Um, But we should be out here having fun. And sometimes that's not the case. She has been dealt a really, really tough hand of cards her entire life. Simone was in foster care as a child. I believe it was done her biological mother. Yes. That uh, was a drug addict. When she had a poor performance, I think it was like back in 2013 at, uh, uh, wasn't the Olympics, but a gymnastics event. She was treated by a sports psychologist at only 16 years old. Helped her manage her nerves and use the, uh, her excitement to improve her skills. In 2016, Her ADHD diagnosis was made public by hackers. Hackers, yes, they managed to access Simone's health records and released previously unknown details about her mental health. And they exposed her as having ADHD. And yes, she had medication, as do so many people. Including myself. 2018, she revealed that she was one of more than 100, 100 female gymnasts who accused the um, team doctor of, of molestation. Her brother, older brother, was charged in the fatal shooting of three people at a New Year's Eve party in Cleveland, Ohio. And just like everybody in the world, Simone Biles was affected by the pandemic and the isolation that came with it, like many athletes who, who had their sights set on the 2020 Olympics, ready to go to Tokyo. And then suddenly, because of the pandemic, they canceled. Remember, flashback one year when they canceled the Olympics. You trained your entire life. You're chasing your dreams, and they're dashed suddenly when the country locked down. I read where Simone said that she sat idle for seven weeks and, and became depressed and even thought about quitting. She actually, and she's been very public about after, you know, the abuse from Larry Nasser and all of that stuff that she actually considered taking her own life. So, you know, listen, armchair people sitting at home who, who've, who just don't agree with it. I, I don't understand it. There's a human component to everything. Just because someone is a, a premier athlete, you know, it's like Ryan Lochte going to 
you know, the, the Olympics in Rio and, and making some mistakes. I mean, at the end of the day, these are young adults and, you know, they make choices. And I just think what her and Naomi Osaka have done is just opened up a, a dialogue and a discussion that it's okay and that you're not alone. You know, that the people who are, again, at the top of their games struggle with the same things that those of us who can't walk a mile without getting winded suffer from. You know, it's okay. And it is a new day in mental health. It is because people are talking about it. They're not like, oh, I don't want anybody to find that out. It used to be such a taboo. Oh, my gosh. You're going to think less of me. You know, and the other person's like, no, I I think the same thing because I have the same things. Watching Michael Phelps, who's in the booth during these Olympics for uh, NBC, you know, he he commented last night after the announcement got out um, about how he, you know, he struggled. Immensely. With, with, you know, uh, some of the same things that Simone's called out that she's struggling with. Here in Atlanta, our big station is WSB TV Channel 2. Zach Klein, great guy. He's a sports director, the sports guy. I want to share a tweet. Uh, this is from Zach uh, in the past 24 hours. Can never fathom what Simone Biles is going through. She's happier and at peace by not competing in the sport she loves and dominates. Smile and appreciate her greatness. And that's it. That's all we're, we're not, you know, these people think we're owed something by these Olympians that, you know, we're not, we're not. And, and don't talk about the gymnastics. Oh, they must be so mad. No, I, I, they, they, they took silver. Silver's an amazing, an amazing medal as well. So, you know what? Let them compete. Let them do their thing and let her rest and let her get the help she needs. And thank you for, she could have made up a million excuses. You know, honestly, she could have said, I pulled my hamstring. I don't feel well. I'm, I'm not in great shape, but she didn't. She didn't hide behind it. She said, this is what I'm dealing with. And, you know, wasn't ashamed at all to talk about it. Almost, you know, daring people to say in a good way, what my mental health isn't important. It's not as important as yours, you know, so good for her. The good Olympics, her. Yes, the Olympics continue in Tokyo. I want to throw some numbers out at you. I want you to understand as the kids go back to school and and everybody has to adjust to new schedules, carpools, bus stops, and after-school activities and athletics, dinner is something that you cannot, um, uh, th- that you have to do, but you can take time back with dinner affair. That's what the, 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 the dinner affair philosophy is. Take your time back at dinner time. Um, there's a six dinner package. They have several different packages and you choose the one the meal plan will say that, that, you know, depends on the size of your family and how many mouths you're feeding. Six dinners for four to six people, 204 bucks. That's it for six delicious chef created and chef inspired meals for your family. If you're a first time uh, customer, you get the $30 promo code, $30 discount. So that's $174, Donna. It's amazing. I'm getting ready to go to the grocery store later today and I guarantee you I will spend $300 and I will come out with mini muffins, pulp free orange Oreos. juice. Some Oreos and some bread. Little bites. Yeah, some bread and maybe some boar's head turkey, you know. So it's, you know, feeding your kids a healthy meal is very important and a good meal that they're going to want to eat. And I know this is probably one of the biggest things that families, you know, the two things I think families struggle with are 
you know, finances sometimes and just meal times and trying to come up with new things to feed your kids and to have that time around the dinner table. We talk about that a lot. And that is a huge philosophy of Stephanie and Ken. Yes, you can do keto on these meals and, you know, all of this good stuff. But the main reason as a family that they created this program was to give families back their time and to give them an opportunity to sit around a table and talk, talk about the things like we were just talking about. You're not going to be able to do that if you're one of you is eating McDonald's here and there. So make this a goal. If some of you are listening and this has been one of your goals, like, okay, I need to figure out how to get more family time. Let us help you. Just give it a try. You know, it's not something where you're going to have a contract and you're going to be living with it and automatic deducted for the next year. Give it a try and see what you think. No contract, 100% guarantee. The August menu is up. Back by popular demand, the make your own flatbread pizzas. And Those are good. Here's what they do. Every single ingredient, the, the mozzarella cheese, the pepperoni, the sausage, the diced ham, the pineapple, uh, every ingredient is packaged separately. So you can truly create your own. If the kids, you know, maybe you have kids that are, don't like pepperoni or somebody doesn't want pineapple on their pizza. That's the flexibility and versatility of the, of the dinner fair program. Crispy orange beef on the August menu, a little taste of a, a unique Asian flair, tender Flank steak strips, top it with crispy chame noodles, and uh, you get orange marmalade and beef broth and soy sauce and garlic. It's just a delicious dish. Caddy 2021 is the promo code. 30 bucks off your first order. Dinner Affair, dinneraffare.com. Dinneraffare.com for Dinner Affair. And thank you to Ken and Stephanie Wright, uh, based here in Atlanta, and they deliver right to your door here in Atlanta, but they also ship nationwide. New listeners of the podcast are rolling in every day, and we're thankful for that. Uh, Many, maybe you, begin their podcast journey with the most recent episode. And if that's you, we want to welcome you to the My Second Act podcast. And remember, when you have time, you can go back, all the way back to January 2020, to episode one, and listen anytime you like. Podcasts never go away. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That can be a... That can be good Concerning about. sometimes. Uh, unlike radio, which is where we met. And, and, and live together and spend time together for 25 years, you can listen on your time. You can hit pause. You can get up from your desk at the office or you can uh, listen while you're at the gym. And You can rewind and say, did Caddy really just say that? Yeah. yeah. Chances are, yes. Yes, and we love our sponsors. And I had someone reach out to me the other day and she said, uh, my husband has a company and he was like, can I be a sponsor? And yes, you yes. can reach out to uh, Caddy and you know, the love that we show for our sponsors. We love working with um, over the two years that we've been doing the podcast. We've worked with national companies. We've worked with local companies, but our favorite people to work with are local businesses because we know that you're, you know, doing the same thing we're doing. Uh, you run a local business and feeding your kiddos. So yes, reach out to us, reach out to Caddy. You can do that on many ways. Tell them how. Uh, 770-464-6024. That is the podcast text voicemail line comes straight to my iPhone. 770-464-6024. That's the best way. And you'll give them the Caddy special. The Absolutely. I will. Yeah. Hype song continues to grow with the uh, Spotify hype song playlist. We're going to do a double. It's a double shot like of that. Eric Church. Rock 99.4. I Fresno. Love that. I don't know where Get on the train. Crank it up and rip the knob off. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Here's my knob. Okay. I'm sorry. All right. I go too far sometimes. Don't you I? do. Yep. 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 In unlike radio, podcasts never go away. That's true. All right. Eric Church is celebrating the 10 year anniversary of Chief, which was his third album. 10 years, Don. It was this week, 10 years ago. I remember seeing that album cover and just being like, who's this cat? He's good looking. But can he sing? And he can. So we're each going to add an Air Church favorite from the Chief album. 
And then you're going to hear from Eric Church about where his nickname came from because everybody calls him Chief. All right, but let's get our songs first that we're going to add. What do you got, Don? Yeah, so I'm adding Homeboy. It's one of my favorite Eric Church songs. It's uh, it's it's kind of like creeping to me. It's like one of those moody songs, but it's like when I hear an Eric Church song and I listen to the lyrics, it's like it puts you back in that moment and like coming back, you know, come on home boy and just how, how you lived growing up and, and just, Oh, I mean, she's so good with lyrics and stuff. So love that song homeboy, put it on there. How about you? Springsteen. That's a good one. You could maybe argue that it's, it's overplayed or it's too familiar, but, but it's a, it's a, just a great solid song. Yeah. For Merrick church. Chief received a nomination for best country album from the Grammys. The year it came out, and uh, he won Album of the Year at both the CMAs and the ACMs for Chief 10 years ago this week. Here's Eric Church, and he's going to explain to you and tell you uh, how he came up with the album title. Well, Chief, it became my nickname on the road really as a joke. For the last couple years, maybe three years now, we've been playing a lot of little bars and clubs and honky-tonks and places where the lights are about a foot from your face, and I wore contacts. And where this all started, the initial inception of this was my contacts would fall out, pop out on stage, and I'd be blind for half the show. So I started wearing sunglasses, and then I put on a hat, stopped to sweat, and it just became this thing. When we got in bigger venues, I would try to adjust that. And the people in the crowd would have on hat and sunglasses and wouldn't let me adjust it. So I just started, it became its thing naturally. So that was showtime. It was kind of my uniform. And the band started joking with me when I put the hat and sunglasses on. They go, oh, it's chief time, you know, chief's here. But, which I laugh about. It was a joke. What they didn't know, the really cool part of the story, is um, my grandpa was chief police, Granite Falls, North Carolina. And he was all, everybody called him chief, everybody. My dad called him chief as his son-in-law, you know. So it was just very neat to me that across generations, it became my nickname naturally, and nobody knew about it being my grandpa's nickname. Nobody. And That's it. How about that? Super cool. I'll tell you something. You know, the times that we've met, been so lucky to go back and spend time with there at church at shows and stuff. I have always said to you, and I don't want people to take this the wrong way. It's not like he's pretending, but there's, there are two Eric churches. Yes, sir. And um, the Eric Church you meet backstage is like friendly. I mean, and, and he's friendly all the time. Let me get this right. But he's like, he's just different. He's kind of like, just like you and, and like, or me. And he's, he's warm and he's funny and he's, he's really funny. And he remembers people's names and he looks you in the eye and he doesn't have his glasses on. Sometimes he had on like glasses, glasses. Funny he was saying that, contacts. And you're just kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. And then all of a sudden you go down to watch him and yes. he comes out on stage and different it's persona, like he person. is locked and loaded and dialed in. And that persona is just, that's him and how he plays the guitar and the way he, you know, feeds off the fans. Very similar. A lot of people like this. This is, he's at a different level with that, I think, but very similar to Kenny Chesney. Yeah, you meet him backstage and he's got on those little, I'd say he's, I've always said he's, he reminds me of a little kitty cat. Cause if you ever go backstage and you meet with Kenny, he's usually sitting cross-legged. He's teeny tiny and he'll have on like a pair of gym shorts and a wife beater and he's bald. He's little. And now he owns that. He owns it. You know, for years, he yeah, did. for he decades did. he didn't. And then all of a sudden he steps out on the stage and he has two, three pairs of jeans that he wears all the time and puts that other wife beater on and the cowboy hat. And it's like, here we go. And you know you're in for three hours of just a great time. So, you know, I think it's interesting. I think that talking about athletes, I think that certain music people, you know, artists at a certain level kind of have a costume too. And I don't, again, I don't mean that to sound crazy. Like Jason Aldean, 
has has always worn Wranglers, the only jeans he wears. And he had them he had them custom made because he was he was smaller. And so they would take them in because he wanted them tailored a certain way. John Rich, when we interviewed him on the podcast, talked about Granny Rich, Granny Rich's jeans that she made for him. You know, I know Big Kenny from Big and Rich has his his hat, you know, that he puts on. And it's it's something that takes them from being a dad or a husband or a friend to that next level of like, okay, it's time to go. You know, showtime. Yeah, absolutely. What was wine on his line? Not the hair caddy. Don't touch it. You try to Not touch her hair. hair. Don't touch the hair. Mama, she's, mama's mama's got to work. Mama's got to work as yeah. she's walking out onto the stage after we spend some time with her. You heard Eric mention Granite Falls, North Carolina. That Granite Falls is about twenty minutes from Hickory, North Carolina, where I grew up. Uh, so about an hour and a half from Charlotte in Western North Carolina. Uh, Eric went to South Caldwell High School, home of the Spartans, and I went to the rival St. Stephen's High School, home of the Indians. You know, twenty minutes away, and we would. Uh, Back in the uh, when era, I don't want when he was around a whole lot more accessible to radio. You know, we would always joke and make bets about the the South Caldwell St. Stephen's game. Um, but you're right; he's a great dad. He's a great husband. He's a phenomenal, if not one of the best songwriters uh, in 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 music. Period. And he's um, smart, very smart guy. He's celebrating ten years, and we celebrate with you, Eric Church. Ten years of Chief on the Donna and Caddy Spotify. Hype some playlist, simple search, check it out. I don't know if I am uh, more surprised that Kelly Clarkson makes $1.5 million a month or that she has been ordered to pay her husband, Brandon Blackstock, $200,000 per month in spousal and child support. Which one of those two numbers, Donna, do you find striking the most? Uh, I would say the two hundred thousand a month. I mean, I expect really? her to make a lot of money. But here's the thing with this: when I read the story, like I didn't even like lock in on the numbers. What I said is, she hates this man because if you're willing to just, I mean, in the court order too. But I mean, if you're not even going to like contest it, try to get it down. I mean, she's got a great attorney, Laura Wasser. You know, she does all the famous female people in Hollywood. She's just like it's like Tina Turner. If you remember the Tina Turner and Ike Turner, yes, just yes, give yes. me my name. She's like, hand me the paper and I'll sign it. Like, I would be so mad. I would be so angry every month if I had to pay someone. I'd be like, that, you know, what is sitting on his rear end? And I'm paying him to her. She's like, I don't care. Let's like, get this done. I'll, I'll actually round up. You know how they ask you to round up? At, I'm going to round up every month to get him out of my life. Okay. Round up for like the canned food drivers. Seriously. Yeah. Like, I just want to have my kids. I want you out of my life. Here's $200,000 a month. You know, she's probably like, do I get a discount if I pay ahead? You know? The ch- the breakdown for the 200 grand a month, the, the child support is 45, we'll say 50,000 a month for River Rose, uh, born in 2014. So she's how old? Six, seven, she's seven years old, I guess right now. Mm-hmm. And Remington Alexander Blackstock, who is six years old. Forty-five, fifty thousand dollars per month on in child support. Yeah, what, yeah. And what are you buying? Uh, I don't know. What are you buying? Nannies and trips and private schools and you know all kinds of things. Equestrian lessons. Oh, there's a whole bunch of things. She, you know, she has said she's having a very hard time co-parenting with him. Yes. This this is it's going to be a long road. As kids are young. Yeah, we've talked about this. There's this a, is going to be a long road. There's another number two that I flagged. She was ordered by the judge to pay $1.2 million in attorney fees for her now ex-husband, Brandon Blackstock. That one surprised me a little. Actually, that's a number that kind of surprised me. Dollars? Why can't they pay their I mean, own attorney fees? She just filed. Um, I mean, it's been in the past. I mean, she filed during the pandemic, did she not? Yeah. So a I year, year and a half max? You know, him and his dad, Norval Blackstock, right. ran her career. And 
in the beginning of the divorce, there was a lot of talk and, you know, they were shooting from both sides that she owed them for additional uh, fees for contracts right. she had signed outside of. So I don't know if maybe some of that came out and they were just like, you know what, listen, we're going to call it a wash. This is the number. You know, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but that's a lot of money. Brandon's father is Narvel Blackstock. He was married to Reba. Yes. For years. Uh, Brandon also managed the career of several artists, including Still Kelly. Still managed Blake Schultz. Just Blake. He's he's let everybody go except for Blake. I think he's moved to Montana and it's, he's not like a ranch hand. Well, yeah, he can do whatever he wants. Making 200, not making, back up, receiving $200,000 a month in spousal support and child support. I wonder if him managing Blake has hurt Kelly and Blake's relationship. I wonder that same thing, Donna. Because they're both on the voice. Yeah. And they're they're pretty close. They've been close in the past, so I don't know. I don't know. Taylor Swift has made a move. As we continue our music public uh music obligation with the My Second Act podcast. That's how we're classified on Apple Podcasts. I mean, you act like we have to get accreditation or something. Take extra CLE hours. To- well, I know that we're, have you seen the numbers? I mean, people are rolling in rolling every in. day. They're new I mean, people. It's crazy. So we're classified as music and uh, entertainment news. And you'll never hear us play a song on the podcast, even though we're classified as in, in the music category, because you're not allowed to do that in podcasting. Because the podcasting gods are very mean. Like We were talking about our songs at Mary Church. You would think, well, play me a hook or play the play the entire song or yeah. just give me a little taste of it. Yeah. And, and we can't do that because App and Podcast Network will get to find or something taylor um has i think this is smart you know she re-recorded uh, or she's re-recording all of her music and the fearless album she has pulled from grammy and cma awards contention in other words uh, taylor you have to nominate it sounds crazy but you have to nominate your albums and you have to nominate yourself and taylor says for fearless um i i don't want any accolades however she is going to nominate her ninth studio album, Evermore, which was released in December 2020, uh, for consideration by the Grammys in all eligible categories. Here's what this is about. If Taylor had two albums of her own, they would be competing against one another. Right. And the votes would be split. Okay. She wants the new album, Evermore, to get all of the attention. Uh, Fearless ha- has already won four Grammys, including Album of the Year once. It's already won once. I think she feels like it's had its day. And and the whole purpose of re-recording you know, these albums was to get away from Scooter Braun, whose wife has now gotten away from him. How about that? And he's yeah. gone dark on social media, too, uh, I saw. Yeah, yeah. Fearless, to this day, remains the most awarded country album of all time. So very smart move on Taylor's part. But the, the backstory there is she doesn't want the albums to compete and she wants evermore to get those those same uh wins from the grammys that fearless already has the grammys uh and and she's doing the same thing for the country music association the cmas uh nobody has commented yet I, but but you have to nominate yourself so if she doesn't nominate herself then they can't say anything right you know, yeah right i think so that's gonna be another contentious divorce is old scooter Braun and his wife yale what's that all about uh i don't know i think i don't know maybe he did some stepping out or something i don't i don't know what's going on there Remember, podcasts never go away. Mm. We need to have that like a sign made. Yeah. Or something in the studio. What, like as a warning or something? Huh? As a warning or something? Well, I just think it's interesting because it begs the question like, okay, the things that you share as married couples, we share things. You know, you may tell me something about your family you don't like. I may tell well, you, don't, you know, something about my family or whatever. When or if you divorce, mm-hmm. is all of that, is all of the material you've taken in on friends or this or whatever, does it go to the vault or meaning are, like receipts and yes, knowledge and yes 
or are you, or do you believe that you're like, let me tell you something. I just want you to know something. Cause like if that person starts in like my friend that I've told you something about, which that's not the case by the way. But if they say, I cannot believe that, you know, you did this to Don, and you're like, well, let me tell you another thing that she said about you. Can you bring it all out or does yeah. it go? Or are you just like, cause do you I re- retire it. I believe you retire it because I, I believe that in a marriage and in a, not, you know, maybe not a relationship, but certainly a marriage that that should be kind of like your trust tree where you can say the things you want to say and somebody doesn't use it against you. No matter how ugly it gets. Yeah, I think so. I think that's easier said than done though. Maybe not like affairs and stuff, but I mean like struggles. If, if you've been with someone and if, if you're divorcing them because of addiction or, or whatever, things like that, that's one thing. But to use it as a weapon against them, I think is a whole nother thing. And contentious divorces though. Oh, it's done all the and, time. And, and when it's so emotional in the heat of the moment and the heat of the battle. And you've got to win. You've got to win. You've got to win. I, I, I think that that's on, on paper looks great, but I, I, I think that, that would be. Um, yeah. It's like, if you don't agree to this amount, I'm going to tell your mother what you really think about her. Exactly. Like, oh, okay. You remember that, that I recorded that conversation. You didn't know yeah. that Johnny, but I recorded the conversation that you said about your mother, how she was. And, your, ma- and your mother's like, I think you took, I think you got Beat taken you advantage of, you know, by your ex-husband. You're like, well, mom, I didn't want to tell him to tell you how much I hated you. You're like, oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah. That's what's going Everybody on. Everybody play nice. Yeah. Shop now, pay later, gallery furniture, 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville. You can back up your truck or even like a, a Honda a Civic and, and take it home today. They're going to strap whatever you want, whatever you purchase from gallery furniture to the top. You take it home that day. Uh, you don't have to wait weeks. Listen, it's not just weeks right now with the big box furniture months. retailers. It's months, uh, maybe a year. Living room sets, sofas, sectionals, love seats, recliners. They got it all at gallery furniture. The other thing that someone told me the other day is they had bought from a big box retailer who's now out of business. And, you know, had a warranty and it like on this couch, they had gotten like a powered um, couch and now they can't do anything with the warranty because the furniture place is out of business. You don't have to worry about that with gallery. They have been in business for a very long time. This is a business that was handed down to Donna. She earned it. She didn't hand it down. She worked it and earned it from her father, the Wolfman. And her daughter is also working there, too. It's a legacy family business. And you know what? The only thing that they have is how they treat customers. And the reason that there are so many repeat customers is because they treat people so well, so kind. We've talked about this before. If your credit took a bump during COVID, um, don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Go in there and talk to them. She'll work out some deals with you and also um, help you start kind of, you know, putting your house back together. Recliners from two ninety nine, tons of bedding options. Uh, they, follow them on social media too, because they put items every, all the time up that they go to the warehouse. Donna goes to the warehouse, which is next door to the showroom in Gainesville, and she'd be like, "We got to get rid of that. We got to make room. We got a truck coming in in two days." And they they do like flash sales, uh, and it's like one of a kind. But maybe there's only one or two of this particular uh, bedroom set or dining room set that uh, that they have in the warehouse. Gallery furniture, sixteen hundred Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. hashtag Ash for the, uh, hashtag Ask for the Wolfman. Hashtag ask for Donna. All right. We're going to do some uh, Facebook fishing with Cadillac Jack here in the final segment of the podcast. All right. Here we go. I'll occasionally pause while scrolling live through my Facebook feed to read, dissect, and analyze posts by my Facebook friends. All right. So, Donna, you're going to say when, right? I am going to say when. All right. Well, hang on. And, and someone said to me, you know, the last time it appeared, uh, Cadillac, that all 5,000 of your, your peeps on Facebook, they're, they're just angry and bitter. Uh, we need some positivity with some That's posts. That's true. I thought so I'm that hoping, too. I'm hoping, yeah. you know, it's out of my control. I'm just sure. scrolling. Sure. Uh, but I'm hoping that with this particular round of, of Facebook fishing with Cadillac Jack, that there's some positivity. A little positivity. We need that. Okay, so okay. I'm scrolling. All right. Stop. Crystal. Not only do I dance like nobody is watching, I also drink 
as if I don't work in the morning. Okay, now I love that. See, that's clever. I like, yeah, I like that. that. I like it's not negative. It's it's fun. It's it's, it's that's what like Facebook that. should all be about. I like that. All right. I uh I don't know how this sponsored E D medication post made it into my feed, but hmm. okay. I don't know where that came Maybe from. Maybe they heard you talking. All right, tell me when, Donna. Tell okay, me when. Okay, go, go, go. Uh, Jason, on his Facebook page, posts, very excited for this Friday. For those that know, no. Okay, I actually know. Okay, but that's very inclusive. You know, what about those of us that don't, Jason? Well, that's That have true. no clue. You know, that's I mean, true. maybe I want to know. How come I'm not in that special, yeah. the special club? How do we get you to know? go to get, didn't get to go to dinner and get it beforehand? Yeah. Okay, you ready? Do you want me to tell you what it is? Uh, I know. Okay. Yeah. All right, we've got time for one more. TV All right, says. here we go. All right, stop. Stop. Susan. Ah, here we go. All caps. Prayer warriors, you are needed. I have a very serious unspoken request or someone very near and dear to me, and I love very much. God knows the need. Thank you in advance. couple things. Just me. Go ahead. Uh, not phonetically correct. Number one. Number two. If God knows, you're covered. She, I don't think one she needs think. us. I don't think she needs us. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we had a conversation in a previous round of Facebook fishing with Cadillac Jack about the prayer stuff and about how the silent request. Does God know what's going on? Yes, exactly. And or am I am I wasting my? Nah, that's horrible. I don't want to say I'm wasting my prayer, but um, I want to be specific about what I'm praying for you. Right. Now. Right. Yeah. Let me help you. So, Susan, uh, we hope that everything turns out well for, you you know, do you think God's sitting up there your friend there and and he's like, he gets so many like just general prayer requests overwhelmed that he's like, it's almost like the lines get crossed and he's like, call somebody in like Peter or Paul, Mark, you know, like, can we get some specifics here? Can we, can we lay down some regulations where I just need to know a little more, you know, to help the situation? I'm only one man. Yeah. To turn it, to control it or one woman or whatever, you know, like I got to get, I got to figure this out, you know? So, yeah. It is uh, show week for Donna, myself, and, and our business partner, Jody Jackson. Uh, yeah. If you're listening on Upload Day, tonight, Music in the Meadows is at the venue at Murphy Lane in Noonan, Georgia, Coweta County, Southside. If you're listening in the morning, you can still come out. With Jeffrey Steele. Uh, Jeffrey has written hits for um, Rascal Flats, What Hurts the Most, Shotgun Rider from McGraw. Uh, wrote many of the number one hits for Montgomery Gentry, Gone, and... Um, what other ones don't? Lots, a lot of Rascal Flats. Well, a lot of Rascal Flats. But here's the thing: if if you're if you're listening and it's in the morning and you're like, yeah, I live in Noonan County and Noonan, I really want to go, Coweta County. I uh, it's going to be hot. Don't worry about it. We moved it inside because old Snowflake over here can't do it. So he's like, we got to move this thing inside and get some air conditioning. The venue at Murphy Lane, where Music in the Meadows take place tonight, is an 88 acre. Uh, countryside estate and they have this beautiful 2500 square foot fully air-conditioned barn on the property and we had a conversation i think it was sunday everybody that's a part of music in the meadows and there was a conversation about listen the, the high for atlanta that day for noonan's 95 degrees gates at six music at seven you're home by 10 that's gonna be hot and and so someone said why don't we move to the barn and so the the barn has been configured and there's gonna be high top tables and there's gonna be lounge furniture and like some uh what are those things that kids sit in the beanie uh, beanbags, but just uh, to make it comfortable and yeah. to make it uh, uh, just uh, cozy. Yep. With Jeffrey Steele and backpack buddies. That's the most important part about the night is if you are coming, um, please bring 
you know, perishable items for or non-perishable items for um, backpack buddies, what they do is they send kids home with snacks in backpacks, which is we all know how important that is. And also want to say thank you to Betsy and some other pod peeps who, even though they can't come to the show, have literally drop shipped us yes. things here at Appen to, to give to backpack buddies. And I just want to say as a community, the people who listen to our podcast are so kind and so nice. And, you know, we really appreciate it. So thank you. I got a tweet today from pod peep Shelby who says, I'd like to support the food drive being held at the concert, but I can't make it. Where do I send my donation and what is needed? So as Donna said, uh, very, very thankful that you're so supportive of the projects that we have. Uh, backpack buggies, uh, buddies, here, here's what you can bring to the show tonight. Ramen noodle packs, mac and cheese boxes, granola bars, and individual oatmeal or grits packages. And it's going to be a great night tonight with Jeffrey Steele. And we, we, we finalized the bar offerings for tonight. Going to have some specialty drinks, Donna. A, a Georgia Mule, do you know what that is? I'm all about a Moscow Mule, but it's the Georgia Mule and I'm in. I bet it's going to have something with a peach. Going to have wine, going to have beer, going to have liquor. And the Chick-fil-A food truck from the Poplar Road, Noonan location, is going to be with us on site as well. Can I say something funny? Yes, ma'am. Hopefully it's funny. Um, as I pick up, you're ready to head out? Would Little Hyde, if he got a backpack full of uh, snacks, would yeah. Little Hyde, would they have made a home on the bus? Or would Little Hyde have eaten That's them funny, all? Donna. He'd have eaten That's every funny. one of them, wouldn't he? That's I funny, bet you'd have been like wheeling and dealing with other people. What's in your backpack? What, what, what do you think I'd be wheeling and dealing for? Some more fudge rounds? Fudge rounds, oatmeal cakes. That's funny. Audio for this episode from the Universal Music Group Nashville and U.S. Women's Olympic Gymnastics are thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. This episode of the My Second Act podcast was, well, I, listen, no, I had, <laughs> Carl's pissed. I know, I'm like, Carl's weird. pissed, his name has been removed from the closing credits of the podcast. And Carl is the, um, he is the producer, what is that called? In memoriam, how is it? No, not in memoriam. Emeritus, no, emeritus. Yeah, not, he's not the producer you, in memoriam. Not if you talk he's to alive. Carl. He's That's alive. That's not the case. That's not the, Carl thinks no, that he's still um, in charge. Emeritus means that. Retired though, right? No, well, we just kind of gave him like that title to appease him. Well, but like, Carl's still in the building and he still yes. does, you know, he pieces together the letter that goes out on Saturdays yes. and things like that. He's so not that, in the studio though. He, he's not, but if that's If he's why. pissed, he should be here. That's right. Him and I can duke it out. That's right. This episode of the My Second Act podcast produced by Preston Thompson, PT host of the Georgia Politics Podcast and the Drafted Podcast, both produced through the Appen Podcast Network. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Oh, oh, oh.